a lot of times people have a hesitation that they don't want to bug people. And in fact, when you're sending out interesting emails that people want to read, you're not bugging them. They like them, right? And they'll want to go in and read them. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, it's Emily Reagan. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy you're here listening, especially in the summer. I don't know about you, but I actually have a little extra time to listen to podcasts in the summer, which I was surprised about. But that's probably because of some of the COVID restrictions are lifting and whatnot. So I am bringing back-to-back freelancers on the show. Every episode over the summer, we've been talking with a freelancer, learning about what their business looks like, how they got started, what kind of services they do, and getting some insight to some of the work that we could be doing behind the scenes, as well as ideas for those of us who are wanting to start and don't know where to start. So today is no different. I have a copywriter Brenna McGowan here. I actually had her live in the Facebook group a little while ago, and some things have changed in her business. So I want to go ahead and read her bio, which I normally don't do in podcast, but I really think this one's a good one. And it's clever, and you can just tell she's a copywriter. Brenna McGowan is an award-winning email copywriter who helps get the confetti out of your head and into personality-filled copy that glides onto the page. Going from a stay-at-home mom who just wanted to make an extra 500 bucks three years ago to a booked-up, in-demand copywriter working alongside some of the biggest names in this space. Brenna has a knack for helping clients tell everyday stories that fill up their programs and jack up their open rates. When not hunkered down behind her MacBook, you can find Brenna walking her pug Frank, practicing yoga, reading chiclet, or shuttling one of her three teenagers around their Northern California neighborhood. I love that bio. I want to take that and spice it up for my own. Well done, Brenna. I love her so much. I actually work with Brenna with our quiz partner, Linda, doing these quiz funnels. And Brenna is amazing. I've learned so much from her. And I had her on the show to talk about copywriting. Now, here's the thing. A lot of virtual assistants start off not really having the clarity of where their business is going to go, but they end up helping their clients behind the scenes doing a lot of these copywriting-esque tasks that can lead to being a copywriter. In case in point, email marketing, which is why Brenna is here because she's really good with the emails. Later on in the show, she's going to share her guide, which is all about segues. I want you to download it. It's in the show notes. It's going to help you write better emails. A lot of us start off not really knowing our client's brand voice and then building up this relationship where we do a lot of things behind the scenes. And knocking out an email, a landing page, a thank you page, an Instagram post, it can happen so naturally. And next thing you know, you're doing that for your clients. So I want you to learn from Brenna and elevate your writing and where to start. She's going to give you some copywriting tips that are really helpful for emails and landing pages. We're also talking about her art of storytelling, which she mentions in her bio. Storytelling is so important for making your copy stand out and convert. And I absolutely love how she talks about being community focused here. 
um, using her network where to find clients. So pay attention to that. And the other thing I really want you to take note of, especially if you're new, is why focus on email marketing, especially when it comes to social media. You definitely want to hear this and be able to implement it for your clients. So I'm giving Brenna a bigger intro for this podcast because some things have changed in her business since we last talked to her, and she has decided to focus more on pre-launch email copy. At the time we recorded this, she was doing a lot of website copy, which she still does. She's wonderful at it, but she's decided to focus her digital services on that particular part of the launch because it's so crucial to setting up your clients when they're launching a course, a membership, a workshop, coaching, group coaching, and all of that. It matters so much how you show up in the emails before the launch, how you show up in the social media post before. So Brenna... Her business has changed a lot, but this interview is still golden, and I want you to learn so much from her. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Brenna today to talk about copywriting. I'm so excited to have you here because this is a pain point and a sticking point for all of my clients and a lot of the VAs in my course who are helping their clients. So say hello and tell everybody where you're from what your family looks like, what you're doing in life. (laughs) Okay. Hi, my name is Brenna McGowan. I am from, well, I live in Northern California. Um, I live about 40 miles east of Sacramento. Um, Unfortunately, we were talking before we started where uh, I'm not in a fire danger, but there's fires everywhere around me. So I'm in a very, very smoky, uh, dingy California at the moment. Um, I have three kids. In fact, my youngest is 13 today. Um, And then I have a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old. A senior in high school, and I am an email copywriter, and I also do a lot of Instagram, working on Instagram, giving a lot of copy tips. So yeah. Oh, hi, Linda. Yeah, so- Linda's here. I love that we can actually see her name too in the comments right now. <laughs> yes. So how did you get started in this world of copywriting? I would love to know what you were doing, like, you know, your, your career path, really, but then how you transitioned online. Gosh, and people ask me this and I'm like, well, I'm 40. So I feel like I've been like, or 42. So I, uh, there's been a lot of like different paths, I think that have brought me to this one place, you know? So, um, my family has, a ba- I have a background in publishing with my family. I, um, but primarily I was a stay at home mom. And in 2011, my youngest went to preschool and I took some part-time jobs at that point, kind of odds and ends. And I was helping people with social media, with blog posts. Um, I started to do some email email marketing. And then I actually worked in a website development company, but I was doing a lot of administrative stuff, but I got, it it really has helped me with what I'm doing today. And so at the time, um, and during that time too, I'm writing articles for publications, just like little odds and ends. And I think it was 2018, my primary workplace, if you will, at that time, cut my hours and I got nervous. And at the same time, one of my best friends was, uh, become or started an esthetician business and true to form. I wanted eyelashes, like fake eyelashes, which are gone today. Thanks to COVID. But at the time I was like, why don't I trade and do your social media? And uh, you give me eyelashes. So we had a great little trade going and I was helping her out and people were liking what I did. You know, they were asking her about it. And at the time I was like, gosh, maybe I should do a business like this. But I I literally had zero idea that like there were social media managers, like that this was like an actual business that people do. I, and I, I threw myself into it knowing nothing. I literally didn't have 
a social media presence even personally at that point. So um, it was kind of this uh, ironic thing. But from there, I started, I hated it. Uh, I hated doing managing for social media for people. So at the end of my first year in business, I started to really think like, or not even the end, but I was like, what do I love? And I think this is a great tip. Like, what do I love about what I'm doing? And what do I hate? Right. And I did like social media and I like talking about it. I just didn't like managing someone else's. And so I, at that point was like, I really love the writing aspect. That's really where I excel. I hate going onto Canva, like hate going onto it. Like I pictures I can tolerate, but I just didn't want to do any of that. So at that point I took what I loved and decided to, um, really focus on email copy. And it was the best decision I did. And then I think by, by being able to niche down to email copy and kind of be known for that, not only did it help me get clients, but even now I'm able to start branching out because now that I've defined myself, I have ironically, all of my clients right now are website clients, right? Like that, not even doing a ton of email copy, although that's my first love. So yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. It's kind of this, like, I just kind of threw myself into this and then was like, Oh wait, I like this and why not try and do it big and better? So I can so relate to you. I took on my first Facebook client in 2009 before I really knew, before I'd taken a Facebook course, before I, before I really got it. And I also don't like managing social media for clients. Like, But it had to take me trying it and doing it and learning it because it's essential. It's still part of business. I need to know it for me. I need to know it for my clients. But I learned, yeah, I, I just don't enjoy that. What did you not like about it? I don't like having to bug people, you know, like, can you get me this picture? Can you, we need to talk. Can you please send me this email back? Right? Like, okay, you yeah. want this to be good. You want to be getting clients, but then if you're not giving me stuff, then how are we going to do this? Right. And, and I think too, it's like the collection of it all. Like if you just told me to write, like I could just sit down and write in which I have done for people where I just write out their social media posts, but the like the collection of it all, the hashtags, like it was just like, uh, too much. Right. Like I just like to be able to really focus in on, on the right. And I think the other thing that burnt me out too, is I was primarily doing social media, but somehow too, I was doing blogging. I was doing like oh. Pinterest and Twitter. Like I, I was, I had no idea. I just kind of was like, Oh, I'm a social media manager and I can help you write as well. And I can help you do your email as well. So I think too, that was the other problem. It's like, okay, not only am I doing, and then I was doing some of the tech side of it, which is even more nuts, like SEO and putting like emails into different email management systems and having to learn each of those, you know, which like all of those things together was like, this is like too much. And so it, you, you can't, you can't be good and excel at something when you're constantly learning something new every day. And I feel like that's kind of worse. I, I joke around, like I was probably making like 99 cents an hour that first year. Cause I was like giving myself like this education and doing things and just doing, doing so much. So yeah. I think that was part of it too. I think it wasn't even that I just didn't like doing social media manager. I was doing everything. And at that point it was, it was just kind of overwhelming and tiring. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, right. Like, can I go back to my $25 an hour job? Cause I was making way more money doing that uh, than I am right now. So you're saying because you spent so much time like learning new things and teaching yourself and not charge, and you didn't charge the client for that. So therefore you were losing money not getting durable right. hours. Okay. So it's, it's kind of funny because I'm doing something a little different with my students and teaching them to know all of the things to get their foot in the door and get that little bit of experience and then do exactly what you did, like figure out what they like, figure out what they're good at, 
figure out those boundaries. And it takes a little bit of that messy period, I think, when you are new to the world and you don't you don't know. And sometimes you don't know until you try it. And I found out I do like tech stuff. I do like some of the integrations, but everybody's different. So it's so cool. well. And I will say, you know, even saying all that, like as much as I didn't like that time period, I wouldn't be where I'm today had I not done all those things, had I not learned. Like now too, I do a lot of consulting and I have a really broad overview that I can charge for, right? Because I understand all of these pieces. So I don't think not learning it is a good thing because at some point you're, you kind of, you know, you're, you're so limited that you might not be able to see the big picture of how you can help someone. Now I'm just able to see that big picture and go, okay, who are we, who are we going to bring in on this piece of the project? Because I'm not touching your Facebook ads, right? Like I'm not going into business manager. I don't care how much you pay me. Right. Yeah. So like those are the kind of things that I understand. Like I was doing Facebook ads too at one point. I mean, it was just insane. So I, I did learn everything, but I'm super, super thankful because I do think it's given me a really broad overview and helped me and helped my clients. I think this is so inspirational. I think all of my current students need to hear this message right now. So I hope, I hope they'll come watch the replay at least too. But this is the path. I mean, this is the exact path I teach. And you found the thing you love by doing it. And what's cool about what you said is copywriting it is that it is involved in a lot of aspects. And you can really, you know, I hate saying this over and over, but, you know, niche down in the areas that do make better money that are worth your time. And I like that you and I are working together right now with Linda, who's here on the call, to do quiz packages. And you you can just stay in your zone of genius and pass it off to the next person. So, like, Linda passes it to you. And then, like, here, I want you to, like, pass it off to me. And <laughs> Exactly. And then I'll do the tech integration. And it, it's beautiful. So, like, I commend you for going through that that ugly, ugly period that we can yeah. all really do. <laughs> And two, and not even only when I did copy, and I think this is something for people to think about too, I decided email copy, right? Because even in the copy world, there's so many, or even Facebook, right? Like there's so many different things that you can focus on and really, really niche down and figure out what you love as well. Once you get to that point, and even as being, even not just copy, but going one step deeper, one step deeper, no matter what it is. So... So right now you say you're doing a lot of, you like email copy, but you're also doing, you know, sales pages. Is that it? And website? Well, I help. I do right now. Speaking of which, now I feel like I've gone a little bit the opposite way where (laughs) I do like for clients, I'm doing a lot of uh, website copy, uh, which I really enjoy website copy. I like the funnel copy, right? So I really work. I think where I excel is really thinking about like that overall picture of, okay, where do, where are they starting in our journey? And I think that's where like my Instagram background comes in. I love using Instagram as a funnel to get people onto your email list and get them really involved. And so of course you have to have a great, you know, home page, which, or a home for people to land on, which is your website. So, um, I've been doing a lot of copy like that. So I help out a lot with Instagram copy, email copy, some launch copy, and definitely, um, website copy lately as well. Okay, cool. But I work inside of a mastermind, which has also been a wonderful as a a copywriter and an editor. So that's been wonderful too, because not only have I, I do a lot of day rates for people where I come in and I just go through and they have their copy kind of written and I come in and shine it up and make it converting and and sound like them and fun. So that's uh, another thing. So I, I, I niche down to like come back out of all these different things that I do in terms of copy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you're doing a day rate too, because quite a few of my students are wanting to get there and some of them have already started setting this up, but that's a game changer for your business, isn't it? Oh yeah. 
at some point, I don't know. I'm in like thinking about 2021 and what I really want to do. But when it comes to private client work, I feel like I only want to do day rates. So we'll, okay. we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. So where are you getting all of these clients? Like how are they finding you? Well, I think it's a mixture of referrals and Instagram. Um, and those are my, those would be my two biggest sources. Uh, in terms of, you know, referrals, this is, you know, I'm really, really community minded, especially when I'm on Instagram or in Facebook. I don't do a ton on Facebook because I just don't feel like you can be everywhere, but, yeah. you know, really shouting people out, you know, networking with other, I think that's one of the things that's really helped me and helped my visibility is being very outward focused on how I approach all these things. And truly it's easier said than done sometimes, but really going in a community minded that, that we're not in competition with each other, right? We're all here yeah. to help each other. And I think as I've done this and, and I see it even now, I had someone yesterday was a great job. I don't have room for it. I'm able to pass it to one of my wonderful copywriter friends so that she's able to take on. So I, I see that over time, um, really being community focused is definitely, uh, the game changer and, you know, shouting people out and not getting intimidated by people around me. However, there's moments like we all have, you know, your <laughs> imposter syndrome moments, but yeah. I always go back to that core belief. Like people are going to hire you because of you, your personality, what they like from you. Of course, some of it's your work, but I, I truly think, you know, 70 or 80% of it is if they like you and they feel like you understand and empathize with them and that they like you as a person. And I think if you can get that far, which we all have the ability to do. So I think sometimes we get lost in our head. Like we got to improve our skills, improve our skills, which we do. But really what we need to do is define our voice. And we do that through our copy. Oh my gosh. That is such good hiring advice. Cause I think that's why I've gotten the jobs I have is I think people just trust me. And in that discovery process, they like me. I mean, I, and I'm not trying to sound pompous, but so much of it comes to that, you know, no like trust factor and just, you know, being the, the person they want to work with. And we're all different. Everybody works with different kinds of clients better. So I actually went to the copywriting uh, TCC, uh, the copywriting club oh, yeah. event right, right before COVID. And that was my first time being in a room full of copywriters. And it was amazing. I felt like I had found my people and, you know, people behind the scenes doing the work and, you know, with the smart brains, but they were so amazing about networking not being threatened by each other and passing work off. Like people are passing off huge contracts to each other because, you know, you can only take on so much work and it is about who you know. So I thought that was, it just said a lot about this industry and, and some of the people in it. <laughs> You know, I, I wish I would have went to that knowing what I know now, because I was like, I had another copywriting event I wanted to go to. And I'm like, okay, I got to choose one like big trip, right. This no. year with the kids. And then I'm like, oh, darn, like I should have chose that one because, uh, the other one is definitely not happening now. Um, oh my gosh. Now that you say that, I feel like that could be something I could use in my own copy. Like it's like bird in the hand. If you can go now, go now. And I remember sweating the decision because it was right. COVID was like, eh, everything was starting to shut down. It's like, I think I'm like at the sweet spot. I can just pop in and out and be okay. And then it's going to explode. And yeah, I took the risk. My parents didn't like that, but you know, oh. it was a <laughs> 
back in March, it wasn't even the COVID decision. I was just like, oh, no, I, I really, if I would have had yeah. any clue, I was like, yeah, the pandemic was my brain. oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I was like, oh, it's like a cold. Everyone yeah. flipped out over nothing. So yeah. little did I know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. most of mine that I was planning on going to were September and December. So yeah, yeah I totally, I'm glad I kind of stole away. I can't believe I did that. So, well, how have you honed your copywriting and gotten good at it? And do you have any tips for the people behind the scenes of virtual assistants who do enjoy this type of work? Like, how can they learn? Like, where can they go or what, what kind of tips do you have? Well, I think it's a combination. My mentor for email, Chris Orzakowski, and I was telling someone else this yesterday. He told me a couple months ago, I forget, we were having discussion. I think it was actually over email, but I said something to him. And he's like, the reason why I'm such a good email writer is because I've written thousands of emails, right? So I think at that point, it's just like, there's a lot of, especially when it comes to writing, but I think probably any skill in general, like that my favorite quote is everything's hard before it's easy. And I totally, I totally agree with that. And I, and sometimes copy is never easy. Sometimes you want to hit your head, but yeah. the, I think that you're trying to, first of all, just writing and seeing what people respond to looking and, you know, trying out different ideas, talking different ways, really looking for your voice. So I think the first way you become a better writer is by writing. And unfortunately, it's just yep. the way it is. It's absolutely. Um, I think at the other point too, it's looking for communities, reading other people's emails mm -hmm. is, you know, really consuming um, and looking to see like, what, what do you like about what they're writing or people's websites really kind of become having a new level of awareness. And just in general, when it comes to our writing, the more that you become aware of of where you're going, the more things will start to stick out to you. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I think the other way you become a good writer, which is reading fiction, um, if you're not, which I love, like for some reason, when I first started this business, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to read every copywriting book that's out there. And there's some really, really good ones. I stopped for a moment and was like, I think it was Laura Belgray. Actually, I know it was Laura Belgray. She had something about reading fiction, which I'm a, I love fiction. And I don't like, like, like heavy fiction. I like, chick flick type books like they're what I consume but I look back and I've been ever since I was you know a little girl I'm like the person who like sat and read a book while other kids played like I loved reading so I really think allowing yourself to kind of get it it helps with learning your tone your conversational tone and uh, reading fiction is also a great place to really start learning how how to write better yeah I totally agree that what book are you reading right now for fun I just got one, which is funny. It was someone in my group. I started it, but I haven't done very much. It's called Sloppy First. Uh, although my <laughs> husband's like, what's this trash you have? And I'm like, it's about a high school girl, I think. I don't think it's like that kind of sloppy first. But uh, so I, that's what I just ordered uh, as a recommendation from someone in the mastermind I edited. So we'll, I'll, I'll have to report back to you yeah. and let you know. I'm trying to think of what, oh, I just read uh, Emily Giffen's book, which I'm a huge Emily Giffen fan. Um, the lies, the lies that bind. Um, okay. so if you, if, if you want to start reading fun fiction, um, reading Emily Giffen books is like, she has uh, something borrowed, something blue. Those are kind of older, but those are, those are like some of my favorite books. I'm also like, I also love like Victorian age. So like my favorite book is Jane Eyre. I love that book. Um, 
So, you know, I definitely read the, some different genres. But as a business book, I'm reading Funnel Secrets right now. And that book's also amazing. If people are really looking like, how can I get big and connect that book? I would totally like give Russell Brunson the $8 for shipping and get that book. It's really, okay. really good. I'm still trying to do his um, Expert Secrets one. Have you yeah. read that one? I have, I, I think I'm going to go back. His, that expert secrets, com secrets was the first one. I love com secrets. Okay, I'll have that on my bookshelf. I would read that one first. Expert okay. secrets like goes a deeper level, but yeah. I found it like this book where I find it really hard to read like at one time. Um, like I probably, I read it, but I don't know if I fully absorbed it. Yeah. Uh, the way I did. However, dot com secrets, okay. I think is and in dot com secrets, there's actually talking about email copy. He actually lays out how to write a welcome series using open loops. And it's, it's really, really good. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So expert secrets, I have started it twice now. And it's so deep into all of the stories and the epiphany bridges and objections. And I love that he hands uh, the, the webinar script over to you. Yeah. I feel like I need to stop and I need to do my homework to move forward to connect the dots. And I am reading like 10 minutes in the evening sometimes. <laughs> you know, I have like little kids, so I don't get to just like, they don't leave me alone. But I need to go to bed earlier so I can read longer. It's like my self-care thing I need to do. But yeah, that book is too too deep for me right now. So Funnel Secrets is good. I do love it though. I do love it. I just need... But yeah, Funnel Secrets is definitely more straightforward. And I think too, I think it's some of the wording in there because Epiphany Bridge alone, it's like, I feel like that is just like, that even like hurts my brain, right? Especially right now. Like I can't think that that hard. Uh, he good aha moments. Um, he was talking about like his, um, what did he call it? Like the little flag you wave when you're the expert and you get everyone to rally behind you. And like, I, I really liked the theory of it. I just, I just need a break. I, right now I'm doing... Uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits. Oh yeah, I have that one. I'm reading that one as well. Yeah, it's uh, which is why I jog today. Like I need to make this the habit to exercise. But that one's actually really good. And what's interesting, just to bring it back, he started off not being a good writer and forced himself to write. And that was like kind of a secret of developing that writing habit, like sitting down to write and practice it. And I think of some other copywriters that I know that just sit down and do that, just practice the headlines, practice the subject, you know, subject lines and just see what comes out of there. And yeah, that's like hard for people to just sit down and do that. Super hard. Not very fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I do this for a living. So, so um, you were saying there was something you wanted to go back to. Do you remember what that was? We were talking a little bit about having that awareness of writing. And then we went off on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. No. Uh, I think you remembered. Uh, I'm like, gosh, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you because this is something. And this is interesting because you talked about Atomic Habits, which I like the parts where he's telling stories, right? But there's some of it that's just really dry to me. And I thought, gosh, and I, I haven't finished the book. So, and James Clear, like, I I love all of his little nuggets, but I think the book has been a little hard for me to get through sometimes. And I actually have the hard copy and Audible, um, <laughs> although I'm spacey lately, so I'm not blaming James. But yeah. I, I think that he, when he starts talking about the stories as the illustration, I'm suddenly sucked in even subconsciously. And that's what I wanted to point out here is with your copy is how important storytelling is and how so many um, times people just want to spit out tons of information, tons of education 
conversation, which is good, but people are going to really be drawn to you based on your stories. And not only your stories, it also helps define you as a personal brand when you're telling these stories, because your stories are your own. It shows your personality, how you react to you know, for example, today, it's my daughter's 13th birthday, as I mentioned, I did a post on Instagram, how I'm not like your typical mom. Like I like my kids getting older. I, I like sending them away to school. Now I love my kids fiercely, but I like having breaks from them, which has made 2020 really hard. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, my personality here, like that's the kind of mom I am. I'm not. So maybe you're that kind of mom too, that you're like, yeah, I kind of get you. Or you could be the person who's like, oh my gosh, you're out there saying how you like to send your kids away. Like you're a terrible mother and those aren't going to be my people and that's fine. So I think that really looking for ways that you can use your story, but going back to what I said earlier is that when you start learning how to write the way that I teach it and many other amazing copywriters teach it is that you're using story as the basis of of all of your entire marketing plan. And by doing that, you're connecting with people, but you, you start looking at the world a little bit differently and almost annoyingly differently because all of a sudden you start, start learning these little everyday things that are happening around you. You start learning how to use these stories and applying them to your content. And you're, you're, you're suddenly finding that you're, instead of sitting in front of a computer, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about today? You realize you can truly talk about anything that's going on in your life or your client's life, if you have permission, or your friend's life, you can use all these stories as ways to connect with people and educate people when you learn how to connect them back to your business. So yeah. the, I think the part that I wanted to point out here is when you learn how to do this skill, and this is something that I teach very, very we'll say very well, for lack of better words, is really learning how to use these stories and connect it back to your business. Because all of a sudden, then you have people who want to go read your Instagram posts, they really want to reopen your emails, because they love how you're teaching them and you're giving them this little bit of story at the same time. Hey, let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. Head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. So, so funny. I can't unlearn this either as an entrepreneur. And I have, and I'm sure you do this too. I'm sure you have a story bank, but I was sitting out at my mother-in-law's birthday party and they were talking about uh, no doubt (laughs) how Gwen Stefani can't get an annulment for her marriage. And then I went off on these little tangents about how no doubt played all around, you know, LA for 10 years before they got known. And I'm like, bing, 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 that's going to be an email because A, I love no doubt. Yeah, because I'm a 1980s girl. And uh, so I, you know, teenager in the 90s is what I'm really trying to say. But I'm like, yeah, like things don't happen overnight. I'm like, I got an email. And then I am pumping up my ab exercise ball. And I cannot remember where the stupid little plug is. Keep in mind, we've been in this house that we just moved in like a year now. (laughs) I hadn't taken the time to figure out where is the plug for the exercise ball. And I finally was like looking some places and find it. I'm like, oh, I need an SOP for like my life. 
<laughs> like every time I move, because we're military, we move all the time. I'm like, oh, I can tie that into my podcast about SOPs. Like, where is the stupid needle for the air pump and the plug? <laughs> so yep. I, I like I like start a I have notes on my phone and I just like write them and like make this an email, make this an email, and that way I can have little stories instead of like just getting there and being like stuck when it comes to my business. But and that's exactly <laughs> how you do it. Yeah. And you, and you start seeing these little stories everywhere. You're like, oh, and that's what you do. You kind of look at the core, the core lesson of the story, the core emotion, the core feeling, right? And then you're able to kind of figure out how you're going to tie that over to something in your business and be able to use it. And I like, I would totally read that no doubt one. Right. And all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, I love Emily. She loves no doubt. Like I do. Right. Like, so it's those like little connection moments. It's gotten so bad. I literally, what day are we on? Or is it Thursday? So Tuesday night, I actually dreamt my email and that was the one I wrote yesterday. Like that is like to the point where I'm like, oh my God, this is getting kind of weird. Like I'm actually like writing my email, scripting it in my head while I sleep. Uh, so I feel like it's become so ingrained in me to think this way. Um, that might scare people, but uh, otherwise it, there's truly stories around this, just like you said. And that's, it, it's how people will love in consuming your content when you can figure out how to add that storytelling to it. So how can we add the client's brand voice? And that is hard. And that is also why I don't love writing other clients' social media when it comes to their emotion and their thoughts. And I hated this. I used to have to do this in college. I was um, a ghostwriter for, this is a stupid story, but the basketball player, I worked for the women's basketball team, right? Doing sports media relations. And I had to fake write as each player. And oh my gosh. I hated it. I hated it. I have to do these. That's things. a lot. And I, it's not like I got to do any research with them whatsoever. They expected something out of nothing. And I'm just like making up stuff. I wish I could bring Emily at, you know, 39 back there and I would like do so much better. But how, how can we get that voice and that emotion when we're not that person? Well, gosh, we could go on and on and about this. I mean, and it, it depends on how deep yeah. you're getting into yeah. like, Copy and cop. You know, I would say that no matter what, you definitely need to get on the phone with a client and have a recorded Zoom conversation that you can go back and kind of listen to their tones, their cadence, having a word bank. What are words that they always use? You know, I mean, when it, in copy for like big agencies, they'll go through and do a complete style guide. Like they'll they'll have very strict parameters. But I'm guessing that you're that's not kind of where you know it depends on how if you're going to be working with this person long term, and it might very well make sense to go in and create some type of style guide. But I yeah. think if you're just trying to like feel the water out you're you just want to get started having a good hour hour and a half conversation where you're asking them a lot of personal questions you're asking them about their story you're asking them about their viewpoint on life asking them what they love what they hate what annoys them and i think there's a lot that you could probably gather in you know words that they're constantly using words that they would never use right like i'm not someone who ever you know curses or in my real life so that's not going to be part of my copy i'm not going to be dropping f-bombs right so those would be kind of things are you are this is something that you're going to use. I'm working with a client though, that that's not the case, right? She's very kind of off the cuff and she does, you know, it's so going in and figuring out those like language aspects and having a conversation. I also think too, there's going to be times, I think it's getting to know your client over time, like getting that initial, you know, 
interview down, asking these questions, and then you start writing for them. And then you'll start to notice where they're like, nope, that doesn't sound like me. Yep. That totally sounds like me. You know, those kind of things where it'll start to over time, but getting someone's voice down is not an easy job. Uh, it, takes a lot of work and takes revisions. So uh, keep that in mind too, for people that are writing it, they're feeling a little discouraged that they're not getting someone's voice. Well, no, it's, you know, we, we've spent an entire lifetime creating our own voice. And sometimes we're not even sure what that voice is. Right. So yeah. it takes a moment to, to kind of get that out there. But I think doing some of those basic questions is going to make a big difference in trying to talk for one of your clients. Uh, what would you do with clients who are just kind of unrealistic or what kind of advice would you give to a VA who is starting with a new client, starting to take over their social media and the client is sometimes they just expect you to like have it on like the very next day. And how, how do you handle them? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think you have to go in confident in what you're doing and explaining. I think too, setting up expectations from the very beginning. I think this is the problem that we and I'm guilty of it. I did it on something recently and I was like, turn it right. Like I'm just trying to make it easy for the client. Let's just get in and get this project started. It's like, no, 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 no. Now, now we're both suffering a little bit, like really setting up, like, what are those expectations? Hey, I'm going to be starting to write your social media. I have this base, but it's probably going to take us 30 to 60 days to get your voice down where we feel like we're really in a flow. You know, I would say, you know, and I would say maybe even more like 60 days. And then I think at that point, the client is expecting you, you know, yeah. however, if a client's really giving you a hard time at that point, I start to wonder, is this the right client, right? Like, <laughs> does anyone want to stick with a client that's giving yeah. them? I, I think too, figuring out a way to be confident and ask, you know, I do this personally, I want to do a lot of explanation and I have to stop myself and go back to the client what are you feeling? Why, why do you think this isn't working? Instead of explaining why I did something, kind of getting to the root cause of why they're having an issue. Cause maybe there's something else going on that you don't even realize. So I think asking a lot of questions too. Okay. All right. So when you're doing brand voice for a, a day rate, a VIP day, like how are you doing all the work up front to be ready for that day? I do some work. I look at like their Instagram posts. There's a lot you can learn from people yeah. looking at old content, reading through what they've already, you know, written, um, and going through their website, any old blog posts, those type of things. So those are the kind of things that I'm really looking at to kind of, uh, hone in and understand. However, when it comes to day rates, and this is something I've had to accept because I want everything perfect. People, when they're paying you for a day rate are not paying, it's not a six week project they're paying you for. You can only do, you're making things better. You're not making them a hundred percent perfect, right? There's a the big difference in me improving someone else's and making it definitely better. And there's tons of value than me spending four to six weeks on the research, the writing, the, you know, so I think having, once again, those expectations yeah. that you're not expecting things to come out like you would have over a four to six week, eight week job that you would with a client. Okay. I love that. I just think some of these clients who hire are, you know, unicorn virtual assistants, you kind of want a lot of little things done at once. They just don't really they don't understand that and they get frustrated. And I agree with you when they're the wrong client, they're the wrong client. I had a client get back to me and say, Oh, I would never say that word. And I'm like, actually you did. It's in my bank. <laughs> I would never say that word. And like you said, going in there with confidence and kind of like almost calling them out on it a little bit, I think is, is good. And otherwise you can, you can become a quick doormat. I feel like in this type of world because it's so subjective. So yeah, subjective. I agree. 
So Damon's in here. Damon just said a funny comment. He says he has about, he has a really big business. So maybe you two should hook up because Damon um, needs you to rescue it. I'm sh- Damon's not a boring person. Does he have, does he have 89,000 emails? Like he has that many subscribers on his list? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Go Damon. Woohoo. Uh, and business. He does wreath making. And so I oh think. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> the DIY types, the creative types. I think they would be fun to write for. Oh yeah. You could, Yeah, there's a lot you could do with it. Um, and I think too, with Damon, I would say, especially your product-based businesses, they think, okay, I need to send out emails that have a ton of pictures or that are super formatted. Where really um, for e-com product-based businesses, you want to go in with, once again, the storytelling. You want to go in with plain text emails, only using images where it makes sense for what you're talking about, but really getting away from these overly designed emails. And then especially for someone like Damon, who has that many people, but even in general, emailing and emailing often, like, you know, if I was Damon with that type of list, I would be emailing three to four times a week. And, um, Oh, absolutely. If not every day. And I know that what you're going to say is, oh my gosh, people are going to unsubscribe. And it's not the case. The people, well, I do think people will unsubscribe, but I don't think they're your clients. So a lot of times people have a hesitation that they don't want to bug people. And in fact, when you're sending out interesting emails that people want to read, you're not bugging them. They like them, right? And they'll want to go in and read them. And if they are unsubscribing from your list, and I Every time I swear, I, I I know this, but I'll see an unsubscribe and be like, oh, like who unsubscribed from me? Right? And I, it's still something to like, yeah, I have to not think about it, but really people, if they're unsubscribing, they're, they're not interested. So the more that you're sending out emails, you're going to get rid of the people who aren't your clients anyway, and you're going to draw the people in that really are, and you're just going to keep you top of mind. So I hope Damon is really emailing people really often. And not only that, the more often you email, it's ironic, but the more often you email, people think they're going to get annoyed. No, actually your sales go up. So so, um, you, know, you have this, especially with that type of list, you have an incredible opportunity to really be pulling in sales. So as a VA, that would be one of the first things I would help a business owner do when I got hired, I would, um, immediately start getting them on a regular schedule because the emails would fall to the wayside and they would struggle with, I don't know what you write about or blah, blah, blah. So I would give them ideas and help them get it out there because you're right. If you're not showing up, you're not top of mind and you can't just show up when you're launching and expect everybody to buy from you. So to me, it was a fun virtual assistant task because I got to do a little bit of the tech, a little bit of the writing or editing and then, you know, schedule it. But if you don't want to do the writing, you don't have to, you just boss your client around. <laughs> you get them right. to do it or, you know, tend to do the writing and go in and edit it and maybe yeah. change it up. But yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like email in general is something that gets pushed aside and emailing your list should be the top priority every week for all of us. Like it should be something like so many people spend so much time on Instagram, Instagram stories, which I totally agree with, but it is emailing your list and I mean, I'm sure most people have heard this, you own your list. And it's a good reminder, especially like in this world where like, who knows if TikTok's getting banned, you know, like Instagram decides they randomly want to shut down your account. There's an accident. My best friend from high school had an account for 10 years. Someone hacked into it. She lost everything for 10 years and never got it back. These are like the, these are like the little horror stories. Oh yeah. And there's another one too. This was more of a business, but I heard something and it like scared me. 
was there was this nonprofit. I forget which podcast I heard it on. They had like 34,000 Facebook fans and Facebook shut down their account one day with no explanation. And they didn't have any of those email addresses. And this is a nonprofit, right? This is the way they were using it as their communication method. So not only the part that you could lose your list, but it's when we start looking at the ROI of email compared to any other type of social marketing, we could, you know, the stats are there. Email marketing is the way that you make money and connect with your people. Yeah, it is. Uh, And one of my clients right now are one of my students' clients might as well be my client, but she's totally locked out of Facebook right now. It's been a month. We can't get back in. And they were just in the middle of a name change and something screwy happened and we can't get help. So if anyone here watching, anyone catching the replay, contact on Facebook, I need your help. But it's so sad. And it wasn't like anything wrong. It's not like the Facebook jail thing or, you know. No. And they will. We, I had a problem with a client too, and they would not and it was like this weird glitch and same thing. I sent message after message after message. And they, I, I think it, I mean, this is another discussion. I think it's crazy how much time uh, and money we spend on these platforms that have zero customer service. Like, how did they do this? It's, uh, it will support your ad spend, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm having way much more fun with my own emails and writing them for myself than I did with my own clients. But one thing I struggle with is I am not an email reader. I don't read other people's. Like I'll, I'm a skimmer. I just skim. So most people are okay. That makes me feel better. So I have this guilt because I feel like I'm in this world with these copywriters who all subscribe to each other's list, and I, you know, I don't know. Can I still send out email? Am, am I? What am I trying to say? Am I a total hypocrite? No, <laughs> because. Well, and this is, we can talk about a few uh, copy tips here that will help everyone in terms of your copy, but I think it'll also help with email is, okay, so first of all, most people are skimmers, but keep in mind that if you're even just showing up in someone's inbox and they're keeping you around there, your name is showing up, it's keeping you top of mind. So even if they don't even read your email, just keep in mind, like, okay, they're seeing me. So that's the first reason. The other things to keep in mind too, because most people are skimmers, really, uh, and this is like the cross that I die on when I talk about writing in general is do not have big chunks of text. Every sentence for the most part should be, especially in an email, but this goes for your blogs, your Instagram posts, you should have one to two sentences per paragraph. So do not be the person on Facebook or on Instagram that has like this block of text. People really aren't reading that. So the first thing is to keep in mind that you want to break up your text. You want to bold the important part. So people like you that are skimming, um, can they go? Sometimes you'll hear my mentor Marisa says this sometimes, like, could they almost get the gist of everything that you're saying by the bold parts, right? So really bolding the important parts, keeping their eyes moving down the page. And also the bolds on an email is going to help keep it kind of separate things. And and now on Instagram, for example, you can't bold things, but thinking about, okay, where could I do emojis? Where, if there's a really important sentence, could I put it in all caps? Could I do things that maybe make it stick out certain parts? So even on Instagram, if someone's skimming and looking down, that it's really easy um, to read. So those are the things. The other thing to keep in mind with when you're writing these is, you know, you want to use contractions, things like that. So it's really easy to read. It's funny, yesterday, I am actually writing a website for an OBGYN client, which is kind of ironic, but just because I don't usually like, I'm like, how did I get this OBGYN client when I do like coaches and things? But 
she went and took out all of my contractions in her whole website. And I'm like, okay, I know it seems not professional, but like, I think of what Laura Belgray says, where conversational doesn't mean unprofessional. So like keeping those contractions, making things really easy to read and skim is instantly, like, even if you're a crappy writer, it's instantly going to elevate and improve your writing by just doing those few things that I said, bolding things, breaking things up, making it really, really easy to read. Um, I noticed something in the comments that someone says people need to write uh, shorter emails. And I, I agree and I disagree. Like going back to Laura Belgray, she talks about no one complains about an email that's too short. However, I think of super short emails too, is like those people that you have conversations with that never go any deeper, right? There's, you know, those, you have those friends in life that you, yeah, yeah, you're friends and you're, you have these like shallow conversations, but you never go a step deeper. So keep mm-hmm. in mind when it comes to, yes, you can write short emails, but no one minds reading a longer email if it's really interesting and really funny. So let's say you as a skimmer goes down and you you jump to a line that's bolded, that's funny, that you connect with. You may not even realize it's subconsciously. You're probably going to page back up and read to kind of understand what they're saying. Or if they, if they write something and it kind of makes you curious or throws you off or creates an open loop and it's bolded, you're probably going to be like, oh, what is she talking about? I'm really curious about what she's saying. So I do agree that sometimes emails need to be shorter. However, I don't shy away from writing a longer email as long as it's interesting that you're keeping people moving through the story. You're not adding details that really truly aren't important, but you are adding enough detail to really show and not tell and make things really, really specific. And um, the one other thing I'll say on that thing too, is that there's different personalities, right? Like if I think a lot about the disc, which I learned from Tarzan K, which is like you have, I think about it in friends characters. So it is, you have the Monica's who are quick action takers. Those are the people that are probably like the person who want a quick email. You have the Phoebe's who are the story people, right? Well, that's kind of like me. I want to hear a lot of story. That's, I. Oh, I hope we're not frozen. Are we frozen? Am I frozen? Can you guys still hear me? Good. Well, thank you. I'm glad it wasn't me. I just had a little bit of a panic here. Uh, so we'll wait for her to come here. Um, so she's giving really good advice about emails and she's talking about the four different friends personalities. There's also the Joey who likes a little bit of humor, which is me. I'm a mix of Monica and Joey. And then there's Rachel, which I can't, or maybe it's Ross. Maybe it's Ross and they a little more analytical, but it's really fascinating when you think about writing emails and how you should probably appease all four of those personalities with one email and, oh good, she's back. So then we can have her continue talking about that. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so I, I was kind of um, filling in the loop there. I mentioned that I think there's a Joey character who likes humor. Yes. And you had just been talking about Phoebe with stories. And what's the fourth friend's character? It's the Ross. He's the one that wants to know all the details. So he wants to know, and this, especially like if you're selling like a program or launching, this is someone who wants to know um, a lot. So too, when you're thinking about like, how am I going to write all these emails? You can be talking about the same things, but looking at it through the lenses of like, okay, so I'm thinking about Damon and and his wreath, right? Like maybe one time he's telling a story about his wreath. Maybe one time he's sending out an email, like, okay, just go grab this wreath. Like those are be for the Monica's. Maybe he's like telling a, a funny joke about a wreath in another one. And maybe he's getting really specific in one of his emails where he's going and having a fact. Like those are the people who want to know, like, is this sort, you know, is it sustainable and sourced from somewhere? Like those are where you can kind of answer like those Q and A type emails where you're getting really deep into the details. So um, really 
thinking about too, and that's another way. So not only are you adding in story, you're adding in all these dimensions of figuring out how to write about the same thing, because we're all talking about the same thing over and over again, but looking at it through these different filters. Okay. I love it. I, when I heard that, uh, I, I took uh, Tarzan K's course too, but when I heard them mention that, I, it just blew me away. Because that helped me struggle with being a mix of a Monica and a Joey, but how do you appease the Ross and, you know, the Phoebe's? But where are Chandler and Rachel in all of this? No, so Rachel gets thrown in with Joey, but poor Chandler. Like, I hate Chandler never gets mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know where to put him in a box. <laughs> This is really good advice. Also, uh, some of the, the stuff you talked about today with, you know, bolding and spacing, it's just really good for sales pages too. And and if somebody is designing an opt-in page or a, a sales page for a client, like kind of keep that in mind too. Like, can you skim it from start to finish and make a sense of what the offer is? So like really good basic uh, good starting copywriting for all of you. So where can people go to work with you further and to learn from you and also tell everyone about your awesome freebie that we have here? Yes. So if you're someone who's interested in learning, like, how can I write with these stories like you, like you've been talking about and be able to connect it back to my business or even on Instagram posts, the, some of the same thing. I have um, a really awesome guide where I have like some of the top copywriters in the country um, agree to be part of my guide where I've gone in and like Laura Belgray and I've actually dissected their emails and showed you exactly how they're doing some of these principles that I talked about. And I also at the end, um, it's called the Segway Guide and it's talking about the, the connection, the how you connect the story to your overall purpose of your email is through a transition sentence called the segue. And so at the end, I also give uh, 10 amazing segues and easy segues that you can start using in your Instagram and email copy right now. Um, and then you can find me. I hang out on Instagram at Brenna McGowan Co. Um, you can go, I'm in the middle of a rebrand. So um, I know the link to my um you're going to put in the link to my freebie, but you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook and on um, Instagram, Facebook, and through my website at brennanmcgowan.co. Yeah. I'll make sure I link to those two. And by the way, the segues, that is the hardest thing for me to transition. It's like, I turn super awkward. I'm like, how do I go from telling a story to making this about business? And so I cannot wait. I don't think I'm on your, your email list. Oh yeah. Full time. Grab yeah, <laughs> so I will be opting in because I would like to turn them into inbox gold too. So, <laughs> Perfect. so thank, yeah, thank you so much for being here. If anyone's catching the replay, if anyone has any questions, just let Brenna know here in the comments. She'll be around to answer you. So I right, thank you so much, Brenna, for being here. I really appreciate it. I love talking about all things copywriting and I love that I'm working with you and I got to meet you on virtual wine night with Linda. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm really happy. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, I encourage you to connect with Brenna here in the show notes. She's over on Instagram. She also has a brand new Facebook community that she has started since we last recorded this. So I'm going to put a link for that there. And I really, really want to point out the fact that she said at the beginning, when she was getting started, how she was basically working for 99 cents. She put so much energy into learning the things and learning on the fly, basically investing back in herself that she had pretty much zero profit, but it paid off and she wouldn't do things any differently. 
This is exactly why I created the Digital Media VA Crash Course to fast track your learning so you don't have to spend three years. That's not quite what Brenna did, but I'm you know overemphasizing here. Figuring it out and working for 99 cents. When you take the crash course, you are going to get everything you need to know to get started and immediately be charging an hourly rate or even retainer packages that are way above 99 cents. We'll talk more about what to charge inside the course, but I want to encourage you to go sign up for my masterclass, how to work online. You can get some awesome bonuses for the crash course if you sign up via this masterclass link that is in the show notes. And one other thing I wanted to update you on because I love to read. I asked Brenna, what did she think of her book, Sloppy First? And she said she never did really get into it. So here are the two books she's reading now because she's always reading. And I love her tip about reading to be a better writer. Here's one book, Great Leads, The Six Easiest Ways to Start Any Sales Message. That's by Michael Masterson and John Ford. And the other book she's reading is called The Wreckage of My Presence by Casey Wilson. I think she's liking them. And she asked, I love to swap like book recommendations with my friends. So if you're reading something good, DM me on Instagram. I'd love to see it. I'd also really love a review. If you have a moment, give me a rating and review for Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast so much. And I really appreciate it. All right, next week on the show, we have a mindset coach, Linda Perry. She's going to be talking about limiting beliefs, the imposter complex, and all of the head trash we deal with as a brand new freelancer. This one is a good episode. I cannot wait. I'll see you then. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. happened. Okay, I lost her. Okay, I was clicking around. Is it is involved? I like that sounded weird when I said that.